you know, whatever we do, whether we eat, drink, sleep, whatever, whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God. We think of all the things that Jesus could have accomplished if he was 112 years old yeah. when he died. I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> yeah. the way we begin to think, because that's the way our society teaches us to think. Right. That you are uh, an asset to your your children, you're an asset to your work when you accomplish tasks. Yeah. And we become a task-oriented people, and we forget that creating the image of God you there's these mundane things that God is calling us to do that we can take great delight in because God is taking great delight in those different things. Dude, Listen to so what good. Kevin DeYoung said. Jesus did not do it all. Jesus didn't mm-hmm. meet every need. He left people waiting in line to be healed. He left one town to preach to another. He hid away to pray. He got tired. He never interacted with the vast majority of people on the planet. He spent 30 years in training and then only three years in ministry. He did not try to do it all, and yet he did everything God asked him to do. How long does it take to heal from a pulled back muscle? Oh, man. That really <laughs> did you pull it just doing that? <laughs> yes. You are getting old. A pulled back muscle, which was pulled because you're a ridiculous Arab extremist, and we're trying to stretch your back to the point. Of snapping it. Arab extremist, I think, means something that you don't think it means. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not good to associate with those people. Oh, and now I'm feeling it in my stomach, man. Uh, welcome to Complaint City. Why do I do this stuff? You know, last night, uh, my son-in-law, Matthias, you guys know Matthias. Hey, Matthias. Matthias listens to every, He's list, he has heard every single podcast. That's because you make really? him listen. <laughs> That's true. Son-in-law. You want to stay in my family? You are my son-in-law. Yeah, but anyway, you guys know Matthias. He's a Hulk, six foot four, strapping, one of us, buff dude, one of, one of, like Mark and um, I. And he used to work at Living Waters. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was Fun Susu back when we used no, to do the. No, he used the, uh... to reach things we couldn't reach. <laughs> That's why Ray loves his ministry. Him. Yeah. But anyway, we were talking last night, and I was ta- you know, showing him my workout regimen and. All he laughed. Was he laughing? That's he, my warm up. <laughs> he laughed. Well, surprisingly, he laughed because of how insane it was. He's like, "You do all of this," and uh, and I got inspired, and so I snapped my back <laughs> by trying to stretch it too far. Ow, you guys, it really hurts. <laughs> oh, Mark, you're a you're a back dude, aren't you? Or you know, you're a stretch dude. Stretching. What Super stretch arm stretching. Stretching. You're big on stretching. You're always telling me oh, to stretch. Oh, I, I love to stretch, but I, I mean, Oscar's more flexible than I am. Really? I'm starting, yeah, not as much as okay, I'd like to Okay, but let me be. ask you this. You what know you those yoga... That I've never stretched in my life. <laughs> Ray, didn't you try to stretch yourself when you were a kid? Uh, no. <laughs> Wait, you did. I've never stretched. I didn't even know what groin pains are. I thought you said you used to hang upside camera. down trying to stretch yourself. No. Uh-huh. Oh, that was when I was 13. That's what I'm not saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You tried. And failed miserably. <laughs> Mark, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yoga people. So you see these yoga people. Remember that lady? I think she's like 90-something, and she like does gymnastics, all this stretching. Right, 90? Oh, God you've never her. seen her? Oh, she's crazy. Okay, but do you have to continue to stretch to stay limber, or is it if you stretch over the course of like decades, you if just... If you stretch one time in third grade, you're great when you're 80. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I'm good to go. No, but do you want to know what I mean? Do you keep that elasticity? Absolutely, yeah. No, no, I mean, if you do you stay more limber if you've stretched for many years (laughs) prior to that? Yes. Yes. 
Just give him, just give him what he wants. Uh, you know, I just look at my dad. I think, okay, my dad, you guys know 112, right? One website has an old No, hey, you better say 112 yeah, years. You say it yeah, you know my dad in 112. That's his weight. It sounds like his weight to people. He's 112 years old. 12 years old. But it, seriously, I was thinking about it the other day. My dad never did any of the stuff I do. If he did the stuff I do, he'd probably be dead. One. <laughs> Fair. You know what? Good point, Ray. But last night, I tried something pretty crazy. Have you guys uh, ever heard of uh, acupressure? Sure, no. Of course. Not puncture. It's acupressure. The, is that the, whole, is that the uh, cups? Yeah, it's the it's mat the that you lay on. Oh, no. I thought it was well, the cups, it, the heating cups. No, no, no. It's these spikes that come out of this pad. Why you, would you do that? And you, and you lay on it for 20 minutes. Why? <laughs> you realize what, we live in a day What of the ridiculous it releases, YouTube video did you watch? It releases endorphins. <laughs> uh, I bet it does. Yeah. What? Why are they it in prison? Really <laughs> okay, Mr. Mocker, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh-oh. Who texted me on Saturday and said that That's cold correct. plunging and heat exposure is legit? That's backed by science. I, I've known that the whole time. <laughs> so is my acupressure. <laughs> so tell us about that, Oscar. It, uh, yeah, my buddy work. Eric owns it. He he bought a, um, a cold plunging bathtub, so he puts it down. You can get it down to like 35 degrees. Oh, I'm dying to try that. Um, and the then right he's, <laughs> he's got a sauna as well so that you can do contrast sauna and cold plunge. So that was my second time doing it. Oh, you did it before? I thought it was your first time. No, that was when I texted you. That was my second time doing it. We're trying to get our wife, my my wife Kelly, to to join us on one of the adventures. Didn't it feel great? It doesn't in the moment. Yeah, but it definitely does. Well, you sent me yeah. that picture of you dying in the tub. <laughs> yeah, it's, ah! it's a lot. What's interesting about it for those who don't know, there there's uh um you know you have to be of certain kind of health. You got to have good heart, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not for everybody. It's um, only for those with midlife crisis. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so slightly over eight Mexicans who are suffering with getting older. So I fit the bill perfectly. But it's supposed to be really good for your muscle, your tendons, but also for your fear and anxiety response. Yeah. Because you 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 force your body to go into a, a place of anxiety or like a panic attack. A lot of people say it feels like a panic attack if they've ever experienced one before. The breathing goes up and... They just want to jump out it's as quickly as possible. Because your body's saying this is so dumb. Yeah, stop. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Buddha. <laughs> Buddha sat under a tree and he plucked out one hair at a time from his head. So we're, I'm going to try ear ripping out. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Procedure. Are you serious? Torture. Yeah, Buddha. You hear about that, Buddha? He no, tried. I've that. heard, he tried I've heard of Indians lying on beds of nails. Similar thing. Yeah. Oh, that's probably what it was. I was lying on beds of nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right, friends. Here's a comment from Air Sniper. Not going to lie, at first I thought Easy was a weird guy. Amen. But then I came to the realization that I'm weird just like him. I <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Air Sniper. Don't snipe us, please. Isn't it nice when someone identifies with you in weirdness? <laughs> <laughs> the golden silence. Mm-hmm. All right, friends, the moment has arrived. I don't know how Oscar did this wickedly and left us all out, but friends, this is the day. Merch is here! (laughs) You noticed. The Living Waters mug. Oscar, that is evil. Why didn't you bring them out for all of us? What are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm audience of one, man. Yeah. They're here, guys. For those, if for those who are watching on camera, we've got uh, we there have no is. idea what we're doing. Yeah, the Living Waters mug is here. So the challenge to all y'all 
all y'all out there is to figure out how to get one. Yeah. Because we don't know. <laughs> Go to the website and get them. These are pretty cool, man. Describe them, Oscar. <laughs> Got a handle. Uh, <laughs> it's a mug. <laughs> It's a mug. It holds hot water. Well, let me say this. Water. <laughs> the original thought that we had is we we do a limited release for those who have been listening since the very beginning. And so what we have here is our kind of our catchphrase at the on the back of it, which is we have no idea what we're doing because it's true. Mm. It's fun. And then on the front, of course, we've got our logo with three ugly mugs, <laughs> which is four <laughs> ugly mugs, excuse me, which is the four of us. Um, and if you've ever seen the logo on the Apple podcast or Spotify pad- podcast, basically the logo of the podcast is on, on the mug. Does and the mug so mention the podcast? The mug does not mention the podcast with intentionality Ooh, because curiosity. when you drink it, people are going to want to know what it is. And so it gives you an opportunity to tell them about the podcast and to preach the gospel. And the other great thing about this is this is really good for housing delicious coffee, uh, which Easy has no idea what I'm talking creamer. about. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has a hundred dollars. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah. So there you have it, friends. It is here. Finally, make sure to get it. And don't forget the evidence study Bible at livingwaters.com. But hey, please, really, we want you to get these guys. It'll make us encouraged to know that you, you wanted the mug. All right. We're ready. Regularly remembering to redeem the time. What an irony. That mug took five months, <laughs> five months to get done. Today, ah. we started this program 32 minutes late, and I we're know. talking about redeeming the time. There you go. Late. 43? We're starting on a great note. I know. It's because you guys messed me up with stuff. Well, well you're still trying to figure out how to use your computer. I the know. worst thing that I we just did got a was Mac. give you new technology. Mac. It's all new to me. I am loving it, but some of it's frustrating. All right, guys. Redeeming the time. Ray, why do you hate time? That's a waste of time. It's <laughs> waiting around for stuff. Yeah. Seriously, I, I, I hate uh, slow. I like fast. I don't like snails. I like lightning. Ray, was, were you always like that? Like from the time yes, you were a yeah, little guy? Yeah. Well, since I became a Christian, I've been a, a maniac because time is so precious. I run everywhere. I can't help it because I hate walking because it's too slow. So I run. I don't even like running, but it's quicker than walking. My wife once said to me, it was very kind of her because she's wise. When I ran out of a bank, she said, that's not wise, <laughs> especially not in Los Angeles. But yeah, I, I run everywhere because uh, um, um, I want to get things done quickly because we're talking about eternal things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For those who don't know Ray, he's not exaggerating. 
when I first started working here, I realized I knew exactly who was coming down the hallway because it was always somebody jogging the, down the hallway, and that was Ray Comfort. It's That's true, if you're Ray. Slowing down. Ray, I rarely see you walk. Sprint. It's kind of weird. Even up the stairs. <laughs> Yo, remember the Apostle Paul likened the Christian walk to a run. Run the race. Yeah. And so we're, of all things we should be living for, it's for the kingdom of God and put our energies into it, not jumping in out of hot and cold water and stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. where time yeah. is redeemed, oh, brother. Boy. Yeah, you know, time, years ago, I, I thought about writing a book. I didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> What's that joke? There's a joke about procrastination. I got to remember it. But no, I, I, I think... Um, you know, and time for eternity is a, is a title that I thought about for a book. And time for eternity, making now count forever. Wait, so you have the book? I have it outlined in all that. But yeah, you have no contents whatsoever. Uh, not really too much because I finished my other book. Yeah, like a mug. Yeah, but in time for eternity, making now count forever, and that's the whole concept that we're we're really aiming at today is is really remembering that what we do now will echo in eternity. Oh, that was actually pretty, is pretty good. That was pretty good. I surprised myself. Yeah. Who was that? Russell Crowe. Oh. Gladiator. What's that from? Gladiator. Come on, Oscar. That's Dude, like sand. Gladiator sounds you don't have, like... Don't tell him to do that. What you do in time will echo in eternity. That actually is pretty, pretty good. 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 Mm -hmm. That's actually Man. pretty spot on. Wow, I feel so humble. Gladiator. I've never <laughs> seen you do something good. Thank so you, So I'm just Mark. like, Thank oh, you, well. Surprise. first time. So time, man, is really important. Listen, this is this is from something I wrote a while ago. Time is the most consistent, unbiased, and stubborn element in the entire universe. It never slows down, speeds up, skips ahead, jumps back, or stops for anyone. It marches on undeterred, faithfully moving at the same pace it has always moved and always will move until the last second in which it has been destined to expire by the one who set it ticking. And we who have always sought to be its conquerors will forever remain its helpless captives. We can either go along willingly and happily or go along kicking and screaming as it drags us by the collar, but go along we shall. And if we think we can outwit this most unrelenting of rulers and escape its ironclad grip by means of death, we had better think again. On the contrary, it is at that very moment that it triumphs in its greatest victory over us. For it is then that we pen the final period of the final sentence of the final chapter of our life's journal, and in surrender deliver into its gallant hand yet another completed volume, an added trophy for its vast collection. Our immutable narrative will then be proudly paraded by time as it steadily traverses the course of its future annals, recounting the tales of our saga over and over again to many of its vanquished travelers, thereby shaping their unfolding legacies as it continues to tirelessly usher them one by one to the brink of eternity. Is that a quote or a book? Uh, that's the whole book. <laughs> that's ends. the cover. You like my book? <laughs> that's the title. Um, but you know, that, that whole concept of, look, time is no respecter of persons, right? Hey, you see, that was good. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Was it as good as my Russell Crowe impersonation, Mark? I don't know. I, I actually wasn't listening, but I, you I definitely still, you definitely peaked at Russell. I figured you weren't. Yeah, your, your Russell Crowe is better. Yeah, it, it's an irony though that time doesn't stop; it's relentless. But the perception, our perception of it, does. Yeah. If, if I'm writing and really enjoying the writing, time absolutely flies. If I'm stuck in a doctor's waiting room, it is just like drags. Yeah, it's amazing how our perception. Yeah, it is, and I think that's probably a part of the uh, element that causes people to waste it because they do get deceived into thinking, oh, I've got plenty of time, mm. you know? And do you guys see this? 
I think with the youth, you know, Mark, we were we were talking recently just about young people and just the sin they can get themselves into and the folly and all that. And and there's this deception of I love my sin, right? I love my sin. And and I, I really do think a part of that is that deception because if they had a sense of not just how quickly time goes, but but a sense of how quickly their time can end, they'd have a different yeah, you perspective. Know, Paul Washer said every man at his state has 15 years, right? You look your prettiest, you act your best, you are the strongest during a 15-year mm. sort of period. And Thanks then the petals fall <laughs> off the flower. Donald S. Whitney, he said, time appears to be so plentiful that losing much of it seems inconsequential inconsequential. Yeah. There you go. Good job. Uh, But money is easily wasted as well. And if people threw away their money as thoughtlessly as they throw away their time, we would think them insane. And Mm. yet time is infinitely more precious than money because money cannot buy time. Wow. You know, we think of how much we hold on to our money, but we need to be holding on to our time. I remember uh, reading a quote a while back that if you were to... Uh, kill me. <laughs> Where'd you get the quote, Mark? If you, if I, I don't remember where. Uh, it was like off Instagram. Or it was like a meme that I saw somewhere. But it was, if you got up two hours earlier than you normally do, uh, that would add an extra month to each year. So if you want to have a 13th month in the year, oh, if you wow. want to have more time, then whatever, whatever time you normally get up, get up two hours earlier. And by doing so, you'll be able to have 14 hours of extra per week which gives you 30 days extra per year. Wow. I but really that's like hard that. for Oscar who gets up at 3 a.m. praying for music. <laughs> yeah. You know, George Mueller said this, Mark, on that point. He said, someone may ask, but why should I rise early? To remain too long in bed is a waste of time. Wasting time is unbecoming of a saint who is bought by the precious blood of Jesus. His time and all he has is to be used for the Lord. If we sleep more than is necessary for the refreshment of the body, it is wasting time the Lord has entrusted us to be used for his glory, for our own benefit, and for the benefit of the saints and unbelievers around us. Anyone who spends one, two, three hours in prayer and meditation before breakfast will soon discover the beneficial effect early rising has on the outward and inward man. Ray just said, Horas, I'm not doing anything before breakfast. What is that, a flea? What in the world? <laughs> we don't have fleas in here. Ew. Maybe it's a tick. Oh, no, no ticks. Isn't that a good quote, though? I mean, I, I look, and this isn't about a legalistic regimen of you've got to pray before you have breakfast or whatnot, but, but the whole point is... But you've got to pray before you have breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no Bible, no breakfast. That's, the, that's Ray's quote. But no, you know, the principle of, hey, are you one of those who is a, a sluggard, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, like the proverb says, you know, or are we recognizing that that time has ramifications, you know? And, Timification. Ooh, is that a new one? Me gusta. But it has ramifications. And, and getting up early and using your time wisely and being intentional with your time is hugely important. There's an elephant in the room, sleep. Sleep is an absolute silly waste of time. You hate it. We Yeah, I hate it. We have to do it. Sometimes it's pleasurable. You go to sleep in pleasure, waking up, feeling terrible. It takes about half an hour to recover <laughs> from when you wake up from a restful sleep. During the sleep, you've got absolutely no control of your mind. It takes you into areas that you're just crazy. 
I don't like having dreams about floating on the back of a pink elephant and enjoying it. But that's what dreaming is like. You have dreams you don't want. You're not programming it. Wake up, you can kill a houseplant at five paces with your breath. And it takes like (laughs) ages to recover from sleep. So I actually wake up each night and edit almost every night for about two hours during the night. And I find that when I wake up, at least that time hasn't been wasted. That's 14 hours every week, is it? Yeah, 14 hours a week. That's uh, 50, 50, every 10 years, that's like... 40 years. So, Ray, th- this is seriously no joke to you. That sounds funny. Seriously no joke to you. But you, I, I mean, of anyone that I've heard ever in my life talk about their hatred of sleep, it's been you more than anyone. I mean, you really do. If you could, you would eliminate sleep. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if Ray could have one superpower, it would be to never Do you know that sleep. there's, uh. I don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, like genetically speaking, most people in the world need six to eight hours of sleep to function. 68? Six to eight <laughs> hours of sleep to function. But there are very few, but there are some that require only three or four hours. I think you're one of those people, Ray. Well, I, I actually do need a certain amount of sleep, but I sometimes sleep for two minutes, three minutes during the day. I have what's called a power nap. Just had one then. <laughs> and it refreshes you. I say I hold something in my hand and it'll, it'll drop. That's what Winston Churchill used to do. He'd hold keys in his hand, sit in a chair, and then he'd drop the keys that will wake him up, and then he'll be feel refreshed. And if you can do they that. They didn't have alarm clocks back then. They didn't have alarm clocks. <laughs> and yeah. I find alarm clocks really annoying. You don't want to be woken up in a, in a start, you know. I'd rather yeah. woke up with a smell of coffee or something like that. Oh, I sometimes that would I, I'll out. have my alarm set for something during the day. I'll forget and it'll go off. And this, this seriously like a panic feeling, a yeah. sick feeling comes over you, you know. It is, yeah. Yeah. But what did they used to do though? Seriously, back Crows. in the days... The, the chicken? But the, I mean, like like setting, you know. <laughs> well, you to bring so in your I guess, pet rooster, yeah, yeah. sit it by your bed and say, come on, boy. I mean, so I guess, <laughs> you know, past generations, they weren't so time-oriented, I guess. Because for me, I live by the second, right? Like, I mean, punctuality is important well, you to me. Know. But, but That's back, a culture thing. But back in the day, though, I'm just saying, you don't say meet me at like, one that's, fifteen that's or eight o'clock. Back in the day, thing that's a culture thing. There's actually a word for it. I can't remember what it is, but certain cultures, including Western cultures, are time punctual, yeah. and other cultures are are like vague and ambiguous. And so you even see this in hanging out. Like, for example, in Hispanic culture, they don't say "come over at six, uh, and we're gonna hang out until nine o'clock." They just say like "come over, come over around dinner time." Yeah, come over tonight. And Come there's on, no man. end time to... to you know, do you I understand like the panic I just felt? I know, but that's because you're used to... <laughs> the thought of that? I like that, actually. There's actually a whole side conversation to be had here oh, in regards man. to not demanding your cultural expectations upon oh. other cultures. Because there is Preach something it. beautiful about the idea of having like ambiguous time Love together because they do slow down they certainly, in they the have good a way. They there's, sleep they have during the day. Yeah. It's not supposed yeah. to be a stressful time Before of you know it. Yeah. Well, before you know it, companies are going to start doing that, I guess, here. Oh, you don't have to show up at work at this time. Just but whatever. It is, Come around morning. But I will tell you that <laughs> the New Testament speaks volumes into that idea. For example, we say church starts at 10 and everyone expects to be out by one maybe or whatever, yeah, right? Right. But the early church, like they were accused of spending too much time together because they would gather in the morning and they'd stay together all night long, sometimes even till the sun rose. And, and if, yeah. someone in other fell, words, if someone fell out a window, you just raise them from the Let's carry on. In other words, nobody was at church on Sunday going, Come on, Pastor, we're supposed to be out of here by 12. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. No, I, I love that, really. The, the Seriously, I do of, have a siesta in church. I think that's great. great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that concept of not being 
bound by time. Like, honestly, I'm, I am a slave of time. It's, it's so ingrained in me. I grew up that way. My parents were extremely punctual. My siblings, it's just like- Your boys. Me. Yeah, my kids are, are, they? are yeah. that way. It's transferred to them. I think, obviously, it, it is, it's, a, it's a part of keeping your word. It's a, it is a part of our culture. Oh, value, so we have to keep sure. it up. But I, I do like the concept, though, of, I mean, you can be organized in this to remove parameters from a certain get together or from, hey, forget about time right now. We're just going to seek mm. the Lord or we're going to fellowship or we're going to, there's something rich about that. So let me hop in here. One thing easy that you mentioned, you started kind of talking about the youth. I would give a little bit of pushback there and say that I think we all have a problem with how we use our time and how we redeem our time. I don't think that's a youth issue. That's an everyone issue. For example, maybe the, maybe the youth, you know, they're, maybe, maybe there's a statistic out there that says they tend to wake up later in the day and they're sluggish. I haven't seen it. Maybe it's true. But I also know that as we, as we get into our middle ages and older ages, we spend way too much time on media cycles and news sources yeah. and just like wasting our time on the couch or like much has been said about the idea of retirement which ultimately like most people's views of retirement is just like this big epic time waste. Like mm. you're just supposed to sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Until you die. The way that we redeem the time, because that's what's key here is how do we redeem the time? We are redeeming our time, in my opinion, when our minds and hearts are focused on the glory of God. That could be done in our process of education, learning, reading God's word, reading books about God's word. That could be done in fellowship that lifts us up to the glory of God. They could be being used as instruments to the glory of God, but it can also be in restfulness because God gave us restfulness as a gift. It's intrinsic in what it means to be human. Restfulness was a pre-edemic fall gift from God to us in which we replicate the processes that God takes in his time of rest and creation. So even restfulness, like when I'm sitting at home and the TV's off and we have worship music on and we're playing a board game or being goofy as a family, enjoying each other's presence, I'm redeeming the time by enjoying the beautiful gifts yeah. that God has given me. And so ultimately like where we put our attention is how we redeem our time. And here's a quote from a book that I read a couple of years ago. It goes like this, because what you give your attention to is the person you become. Put another way, the mind is a portal to your soul and what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. That bodes well for those apprentices of Jesus who give the bulk of their attention to him and to all that is good, beautiful, and true in this world, but not for those who give their attention to the 24-7 news cycle of outrage and anxiety and emotion-charged drama or nonstop feed of celebrity gossip or cultural drivel as if we give it in the first place, much of it is stolen by a clever algorithm out to monetize our precious attention. Hmm. But again, we become what we give our attention to for better or for worse. Oh, where did that come from? Oh, that's really good. Say it again? The whole thing? No, I, that's a quote from a book I read recently. Yeah. Uh, about a year or two ago. But, <laughs> but here's the point is that our, our attention, listen, we are in, in the process of being sanctified. We are always becoming either more like Jesus 
or less like Jesus. And the best way that we could redeem our time is to focus our attention becoming more mm. like Jesus. Boy, I, I, I really did seriously love that quote. It reminded me of what I do each Saturday, come back from Huntington Beach after interviewing. I got a choice. I can listen to some good music, secular music that makes me feel good. I'm talking about the old Beatles stuff that brings back great memories to me. Yeah. Or I can listen to uh, Psalms. So what I do is I deny myself the pleasure of something that makes me feel good. And I say, Siri, get me Psalms on YouTube and mm. play it. And I listen to Psalms. And when I get home, I think, ah, oh, I've tapped into the eternal. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the thing. It, it's what we determine to do with, with the time that we have. One of the, the most significant dynamics that impacted me back when I was a young man and, and was at, at a you know Bible college was what my Christian thought teacher taught us. And that was the whole concept of integration. I've talked about it before, you know, versus compartmentalization. You know, the world's, the worldly man's mind goes toward, hey, these are, these are God's slots of time in my life. This is when I dedicate myself to the Lord. And then the rest of the time is, is mine, basically. But as Christians, we integrate the Lord in every aspect of life. And, and this is where the beauty of really what the Reformation brought to bear, and that is the, the removal of the secular sacred divide. Now, again, there, there, yeah. are, there are boundaries where, of course, there are things that you see as secular and sacred, but by and large, everything in life can be sacred if we approach it you know, with the right heart and mindset. I remember years ago, Mark, when we had the school of ministry, when you and I pastored, and we would go and play basketball with the guys, you know? And I said, guys, look, you can worship the Lord while you play basketball. You know, this court is, is the sanctuary. That hoop is the altar. Raise your hands as you shoot the ball with praise unto the Lord. You know, I was being funny with them, but you know, the principle applies. It's not about, when we talk about using the time wisely, it's not about just that you're just going like a maniac. The time can be well invested, like you said, Oscar, in rest, because rest is given to us by the Lord. You know, in, in leisure, because God wants us to, to have points where, you know, we're able to re, rejuvenate and, and give our minds a rest from, you know, intense study or serious topics or whatever. You know, whatever we do, whether we eat, drink, sleep, whatever, whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God. We think of all the things that Jesus could have accomplished if he was 112 years old yeah. when he died. I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> yeah. the way we begin to think, because that's the way our society teaches us to think. Right. That you are... Uh, an asset to your your children, you're an asset to your work when you accomplish tasks. Yeah. And we become a task-oriented people, and we forget that creating the image of God, you there's these mundane things that God is calling us to do that we can take great delight in because God is taking great delight in those different things. Dude, Listen to so what good. Kevin DeYoung said. Jesus did not do it all. Jesus didn't meet every need. He left people waiting in line to be healed. He left one town to preach to another. He hid away to pray. He got tired. He never interacted with the vast majority of people on the planet. He spent 30 years in training and then only three years in ministry. He did not try to do it all, and yet he did everything God asked him to do. Mm, well, that's good. That's, uh, he wrote a book called Crazy Busy, which is very like good book. Excellent yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, I love I love what you just brought up, Mark, because we often are taught like there's a, I think there's a difference between grind culture and glory culture. Grind culture is what you see on Instagram. It's like grind it out, work hard, spend every minute of your day, you know, being being the best entrepreneur, working out, being efficient and effective. 
And grind culture is not done to the glory of God. It treats us like uh, a cog in the industrial wheel of being, as you put out, efficient and effective. But God does not call us to only be efficient and effective creatures. He also wants us to be creatures of rest, creatures of thoughtfulness, creatures of glory, glorifying Him, creatures that enjoy, creatures that create things beautiful and good for society, right? Like, in other words, the way that we use or redeem our time doesn't have to be efficient. It has to be to the glory of God. Yeah. Amen. And so, boy, I absolutely love that. And I gave a hearty amen to that, Oscar. What is the balance here, guys, with a spiritual discipline to redeem the time and to what you're saying, Oscar, right? It's easy to maybe jump on a YouTube reel and you're watching one reel after the next reel oh, and yeah. Instagram reel after the next. And before you know it, 30 minutes is just gone. Or in some cases, four hours are just gone. Somebody's sitting mm. in their bed until two o'clock in the morning and they have no idea where the time went. Is and now they're confession not confession time, Mark? Confession time. <laughs> you know, and then you're not ready for the next day, right? But our day begins the night before. Yeah. That we are planning and prepping and preparing for what's going to happen ahead. I lay my clothes out, what I'm going to wear at night. So I wake up and I know exactly the things I'm going to do when I wake up. So I'm not just kind of crawling out of bed. I'm waking up with purpose, marching forward as I go over to my sliding glass door and I give my uh, salute, reporting for duty, Lord, what do you have for me? So what, what is the balance right here? That I want to be used to the greatest extent. I want to rest to the greatest extent. I want to use the different things that God has given me. You know, just yesterday, Danny, your son and I were having this conversation as, because your son loves basketball. Yeah. Right? Loves, like loves Portland. Hmm. Right? And I go, well, why don't you just become like a Clipper fan or a Laker fan, right? Why don't you become a hometown <laughs> fan? Yeah. And he said he's been invested in it ever since he was a junior hire. That yeah. he, I said, can you name a player on every team? He goes, I can name five players on every team. Right? <laughs> so he... He is all in when it comes to basketball, but Danny has a really great balance on enjoying it as he's watching the game at my house and he's working on homework. Yeah. And he's t- having conversation. Right. And we talk about the Lord and we're talking about a psalm. And then yeah. he's back watching basketball and he's enjoying it. He's hooting and hollering and everything's going crazy. And then he's back. He's just, <laughs> he's like in a zone and he's got a really great balance. You've done a great job, Easy, yeah. on demonstrating and showing your kids how you can enjoy the things that God has given us freely to the glory of God and be serious when we need to be serious and enjoy the things when we're not supposed to be so serious. Yeah. Threats of homelessness has helped with that. <laughs> homelessness. <laughs> homelessness. All right, I wanted to ask you, would you say that a part of that, the whole the whole issue of what we're doing with our time comes down to our understanding of the eternal matters, right? Because it's all about what you think is happening there. If I think that if my time is invested in this place, I'm going to get a whole lot of money and money's important to me, then I'm going to invest my time there. I mean, there are people you hear about that walked away from like million dollar salaries because they're like, no, I want to serve the Lord or I care more about my family. It's an eternity thing, isn't it for us? Absolutely. Everything in this life is transient. It's chasing the wind. Doesn't matter what it is, if it's outside of the will of God, if you can get that revelation as an early Christian, then your life will be meaningful because you'll mm-hmm. continually tap into the eternal. Yeah. Because for you, Ray, I mean, even when you first got saved, before you got saved, surfing was your life. Oh, yes. 
So it's like it, it became a switching of your priorities that changed the investment of your time. And you basically gave up surfing for the most part, didn't you? It was a self-denial thing. Yeah, I just said, I'm, I'm going to stop this. And God also helped me by getting me caught inside a, a set of waves that just didn't stop coming until I was like a drowned rat. <laughs> I, I, I actually it was as, a new this, be- as a new believer? Yeah, yeah, as a brand new believer. And I went out surfing and I got caught inside. You know what that is? It's when you're caught inside the break. Mm. And usually waves come in, in sets of four or five. Feels like you're in it, a washing machine. Yeah, it was, this was, yeah, it was just like 30 waves, one after the other. It didn't come in a set of four or five. It was 30 that just kept dumping on me. Mm. And I thought, okay, I get the message. I'm going to set this aside and serve the Lord for my life. Wow. Because surfing is basically selfish. It's a lot of fun, but you can't take your family out surfing on a surfboard. They don't make them that big. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's, it's all about, I think honestly, it comes down to, you know, an issue of balance. Yes. Uh, I I don't give up all sorts of pleasure. I, every night, Sue and I watch rugby, but I watch it with an earplug in with a sound up so I can hear the commentator. And when his voice lifts in excitement, that's when I stop editing a video for YouTube. <laughs> it's my little alarm clock. He's yeah. getting excited, something worth watching. So I just stop and watch it. So I, I don't set aside all sorts of right. like, pleasure. Yeah. And again, like I was saying, it's balance. And by the way, friends, we're basing all this off of what God's word says, Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that word redeeming means to buy up, you know, to buy up the time to to make the most of your use of it in, in a way that is going to be beneficial. You know, and time is a lot like money. You know, you waste money if you just spend it haphazardly and squander it. But if you invest it, then it's going to reap rewards, you know, and it's a, it's about investing our time in eternity. So what do you think it means by redeem the time for the days are evil? What has that got to do with the redeeming the time? Well, I think it's connected to what he says before that. I mean, the, the context begins in verse eight, really he says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit and is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And then he goes into it. See then that you walk successfully, not as fools, but as wise. He's talking about... Going once, going twice. Sold. Yeah, so... um Lost it. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, yeah. that was a waste of time. This is what happens when you listen Walking to scripture circums- double speed. You talk double uh, speed. I know. That's you are what you listen to. Yeah. It's true, actually. But, you know, the context is, look, you're living in the midst of a wicked world. Don't have fellowship with untruthful works of darkness and be those that wake up and walk in the light of the Lord. Redeem the time. Live in righteousness. Use your your life, your time, your energy, your resources for the glory of God. Because the days are evil, right? And as and and what are we? Right? He's talking here about light and darkness. We are the light of the world, and we need to let our light so shine among men. And again, the whole heartbeat behind it, as Oscar alluded to, is giving glory to the Lord and mm. everything that we do. And I love how he actually ends that whole section, verse seventeen. Therefore, do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. It really is a wisdom thing when you think about the economy of time and what we do with it. Yeah, and God's will is no mystery. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's what the cross is all about. The cross is God's love expressed to sinners. And so our, our time can 
best be used in seeking and saving that which is lost. The Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. Amen. So if you want to use your time wisely, put your efforts into seeking that which is lost, because in doing so, you're in God's perfect will. Yeah. So and- I, it's okay when I lose my keys and I'm looking for them? Because <laughs> I get really frustrated in those moments. <laughs> but you know, Ray, actually, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up, because that's the verse I was going to go to. Another place where we hear about redeeming time is in connection to unbelievers and the gospel. Colossians 4, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, there's only a few places in Scripture where we read about redeeming time and stuff like that, but that's in connection to sharing the gospel and, and reaching the lost, you know? So what about using our time in serving God's people and encouraging other people? Uh, Oscar, you know, you're really big on the church life, body life, and, and using that time. That's a, another place, so where on the flip side, we can become selfish with our time. You know, I can be in sin by being in the Word of God, reading Scripture while I'm at work in a place where I'm being paid to do a job, right? Except yeah. this ministry. <laughs> Except here. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Well, I like what you, you brought up the fact of, of how we use your time to bless others. And this kind of goes back to where we, where we started, which is sometimes our time management could be a little restrictive. Again, if we show up to church and it's like, okay, church, church starts at 10, so we have to be there at 9.55. Mm. Church ends at 12, and then I'm, I'm off back home to watch my football game. When you know you look at the early church, and one of the marks of the early church, as we talked about before, is the amount of time they invested in one another. Yeah, by spending time with one another, by blessing one another, by serving one another, by having a meal together, they did life together. And in order for you to do life with somebody, you can't restrict that to time constraints, right? Like you investing in young men in your life, Mark, is you inviting them over. It's not you saying, hey, I'm going to meet you for coffee and I got 45 minutes, right? That's a meeting. A meeting is not an investment. An investment is come and do life with me. See how I interact with my wife and my children. Let me interact with you and your family. That is time investment. That's integrating our lives with the lives of others. And that, the Bible has a word for that. It's called discipleship. Discipleship requires time investment, Mm. which you cannot put strict parameters on. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, I'd love you to speak to this because one of the things I was getting at with what what I was sharing with with you guys and, and touched on with Oscar is you can be doing something that is in connection with spiritual things, but you can be selfish because you're not giving your focus, time, heart, attention, energy to other people. Oh, sorry, brother, I can't fellowship with you. I got to go memorize scripture, <laughs> you know, or I can't, I can't go and help you with your problem because I got to study, you know, or whatever. Now, of course, we have priorities and, and, and pressing needs, but there are times, honestly, I, you guys know, I, scripture memory is big for me. There'll be times I'll be reciting through a book that I've memorized and I, I won't be listening to my wife when she's <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> and she'll be like, and there's times I'm listening to scripture and Rachel will like, you know, say something like, oh, you, are you interrupting the word of God? <laughs> it's pretty terrible. savage. But right, Mark, I mean, we, we, can, we can be doing things that seem to be spiritual or righteous, reading the word, praying, whatever, but we're neglecting other things that at the moment yeah. should have our attention. You know, there, there's an old maxim that said, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans for the day. Oh, yeah, I love that. Right? Yeah, interruptions of our day are 
by and large, a design from God. Mm. And the whole idea is the Good Samaritan, right? No, I'm busy. I'm on my way. I have to go do something. But no, all of these little interruptions are a perfect planning of God to work inside of us and work through us and work out of us things that are needed inside of us. We are always looking for that next great big thing, but God says, no, it's the small things that I'm calling you to be faithful with. Because there really is no such thing as a small thing. That small thing is the biggest thing in your life that God is requiring from you. Uh, Jerry Bridges, he said, accept the cost of good deeds in time, thought, and effort. But remember that opportunities for doing good are not interruptions in God's plan for us, but mm. part of that plan. Amen. We always have time to do what God wants us to do. Wow. You know, your your point that you brought up reminds me of that moment with uh, Mary and Bethany, Mary and Martha, excuse me, where Martha is being a busybody. Mm. She's making herself busy doing stuff. And you could argue like what she was doing was not wrong. She was hosting. She had right. a task list, to-do list. She was keeping herself busy. In her mind, she was redeeming the time. No time to waste. I got to do stuff. Stuff is important. I need a list. I need to accomplish my list. Mary, on the other hand, understood the beauty, the extravagant love of God. And she was willing to slow down and fellowship with Jesus and learn at his feet. Mm. And in that same way, being a busybody isn't always the best way for us to redeem our time. Sometimes slowing down, investing in fellowship, and uh, spending time in the word of God are ways in which we redeem the time. You know, and oftentimes we will fill that time with things that may seem good and right, but they're just not. I remember when Pastor Steve Mays' father died, Steve reached out to his mom a few months later, still in contact during that time, but a few months later, and just said, mom, let's meet together and have coffee. Mm. Looked at her calendar and saw that every waking moment was given over to meet with somebody, Mm. where Steve had to lovingly correct his mom and say, mom, you're filling the time with things to do, but you're not pausing and slowing mm. down. Wow. And what is God trying to teach you and show you in the midst of this? What's That's happening? really good. We want to fill our lives with noise and commotion. Yeah. And God says, get away from the sheep and be with the shepherd. The sheep are noisy. That's mm. good. Come and rest. I mean, what was it like with, uh, you think of John laying on the breastplate of Jesus and listening to the heartbeat of deity, one who wanted to be by the side of Christ and his Messiah to get the first word out of his mouth and get his mannerisms and his unctions as he interacted and made different (laughs) decisions. He wasn't on the outskirts. He was part of the tight knit. You know, we see that continually where there was the 12 apostles, but time and time again, you would see it brought down to maybe two or three apostles Mm. who were able to see in that inner sanctum of the interactions of Jesus, whether it be there on the Temple Mount or whether when Jesus was transformed before them, there was only an elite amount of people resting, being, listening, and holding on to every word that proceeded Mm. from the mouth of Christ. That's the way we need to be with the Word of God. What would it take for you for one week to get rid of the time off your phone or your watch off your hand, oh. you just would not, you, you make a covenant not to look at any time oh, for a man. week. Hey, no phone, you no know, watch. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about time and, a panic attack and that, right whole now. Thing, <laughs> that whole thing on another podcast, but it's really a weakness of mine, actually. And, and I mean that sincerely. Like, I don't... I don't take pride in the fact that I'm so bound by time. It, it really is a, sh- a, a downfall for me because I, I, I'm so wired that way. 
and I want to learn to change. I really do. I know it has its strengths. I know it's good in terms of faithfulness and dependability and stuff like that. But anytime anything in our lives causes us to violate love, anything that causes us to put things above people or preference above investment in souls, it's a problem, you know? And so... So yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you challenged me on that and, and that, you know, it, it does apply. Don't do it. No, not to that degree, but it <laughs> applies in terms of like just saying, hey, what am I going to do? You know, Ray, the thing that, that has been a blessing to me about you is you are always doing things for, for, for the kingdom. You're always working, but you exude joy. You're not, you don't act interrupted and frustrated. I know there's times when you're busy and you're, there's, you're, you feel a little bit of stress, but you still laugh and you love and you serve. And it reminds me of what Kevin DeYoung said. He said, Jesus was busy, but never in a way that made him frantic, anxious, irritable, proud, envious, or distracted by lesser things. Jesus knew the difference between urgent and important. He understood that all good things he could do were not necessarily the things he ought to do. And that you know connects with what you had shared, Mark, earlier. But a part of that too, I think it's important to say as we wrap up here today, is rest is important. We touched on it, but but I can't stress it enough that you must rest. God has designed us that way, but everything has its boundaries, right? I mean, you must eat, but you can be a glutton, right? I mean, you must love, but you can become adulterous. You must breathe. <laughs> you can become that over-oxygenated. <laughs> Hyperventilate. Hyperventilate, that's true. <laughs> right? But you have to drink water, but you can drown. <laughs> true. But, but one more from Kevin DeYoung. He said, you can borrow time but you can't steal it. And the longer you try to borrow against sleep, the more your body or God will force you to pay for those hours plus interest. Mm. That's a great quote. So friends, in all of this, we don't want you to get out there and get frantic and crazy. And it's about doing what, what is priority, doing it well, doing it right, but remembering that a part of that priority is also resting to be rejuvenated, refreshed, investing in your wife, your kids. I mean, don't be one of those people who, you know, is reading a book about loving your wife and your wife needs you and you say, leave me alone, I'm reading a book about loving you, right? Don't be that kind of person. Use your time wisely, do it all for the glory of God. Amen? Don't forget to get your mug, friends, at livingwaters.com. Oh, these mugs are beautiful. We have no idea what we're doing. That's what they say. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where, as the mug says, we have no idea what we're doing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.